Listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business. I am your host, Ty Brown of TyTheDogGuy.com, and I have to say that today. You're in for a special treat, a treat of treats, I should say, because today we are going to be interviewing the most handsome, successful, intelligent, compassionate, humble guest that we may have ever had on this show before. You may have guessed it. We're going to be interviewing myself today. And so when we come back, I'm going to talk about the evolution or the evolutions that my business has gone over over the last several years things that have changed and the things that have made huge increases in income and the things that have led to some big, big defeats. So stick right with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Okay, we're back, and as I prepped you, you're going to be getting an amazing guest today, if I do say so myself. And so, I am really thrilled to be talking with you today, and I've done a few of these these interviews, I guess I shouldn't even call it an interview, but I've done a few of these shows here previously where it's just me talking instead of a guest. But I've had some changes going on in my business in the past year, and it's made me realize how many times my business has changed and how what I have now is nothing like what I thought I would have had 10 years ago, for example, when I first started my business. And so there's been so much evolution, so much change, and some of this has led to huge increases. You know, in the past year, I think we increased by 300 something thousand in revenue. And so obviously that's wonderful, but there's other things that I've done that have been a complete failure that have cost us money. And, uh, and so I wanted to really dive into that and, and help you understand what I've learned about increasing business versus going off on the wrong tangent and things like that, and hopefully help you increase your business, but also help you even better avoid some of the pitfalls that, that I've gone through. And maybe you've even gone through some of these yourself as well. So let me tell you a little bit about my business. Hopefully you've listened to some of my other podcasts and some of my other shows. Uh, and if you haven't had that chance, go back and listen to those uh, when you get a chance. Uh, we've had some great, great guests, uh, an enormous amount of great information. But in any case, 
I uh, started my business, like I say, oh, maybe nine, ten years ago. I can't even remember now. But before that, I had been working for a dog training company in Boston. We did protection dogs and, and really high-end executive protection dogs and guard dogs and things like that. And it was great, um, but it got to the point where my wife was going to, you know, was expecting our first child. And we had decided, you know, together before we ever had kids that we wanted her to be able to stay home and raise our kids. We have four kids now, but at the time, of course, she was pregnant with our first. And so living in Boston, I knew that with my dog trainer salary and Boston being just so bloody expensive, that this wasn't going to work very well. You know, that I wasn't going to be able to provide for my family living out there in Boston. And so I kind of reached the pinnacle, I think, of what I was going to be paid at the company I was working at. And... Maybe I could have figured out some supplemental income or something, but you know we knew we had to we had to get out of there, and so we came back to Utah, which is where we'd met. Neither of us were from Utah, but we had met in Utah both when we were going to college. My brief stint in college, I only met I think I lasted one semester, something like that. But anyways, we had we had both met while we were attending BYU, and you know we got married, and so we had a little condo here in Utah, and so we decided okay let's go back to Utah. We have the condo that we'd been renting out, you know, for the couple years that we'd been living in Boston. Let's go back. So we went back and I decided to start a business. Now, I didn't want to have a dog training business. You know, I had spent the past couple years traveling the world working with clients and I thought, I don't want to work with clients. I want to do something different. And lo and behold, I had read an article uh, on an internet marketing type thing, you know, uh, on some sort of internet marketing website. And it was a case study. And it was a case study of a of a dog trainer who's making a lot of money by selling an ebook online. Um, and this dog trainer was living, you know, in various parts of the world. Now, at the time, I didn't know who this dog trainer was. We've since become really good friends. His name is Adam Katz. And I always credit him with, you know, with a lot of the success that I have in my business, even though he had no idea, you know, we didn't meet until probably a year ago or something like that. But, uh, but in any case, Adam Katz was doing some really great things. And I thought, that's what I want to do. If he can do it, so can I. So I got to work and I wrote my ebook. And I started selling it, and it did not sell great, you know, and I discovered that I wasn't amazing at selling products online. You know, I've since become a lot better, and so now, you know, a decent chunk of our business is selling products online, but, you know, I'm still not as good as I want, and we're still trying to evolve that part of the business, but, you know, I was definitely not good enough at the time to where we could support our family, you know, our growing little family, on selling an ebook online. And at the time, you know, we'd moved back from Utah. I got just a graveyard job working at a factory. And, uh, you know, I don't know what I was making, 12 bucks an hour or something like that. Just something very low. And, you know, my wife wasn't working. We had a new baby. And in fact, you know, short the time thereafter, our two children are 17 months apart. So not too long after we had our first, our second, you know, was on the way. And so I decided, all right, time to bite the bullet and start a dog training company. Now, I know that might sound silly because most people, it's like their life's dream to start a dog training company. And I kind of reluctantly did it, but I did it because I was failing at selling information online. I was failing at selling products, not failing, you know, I was selling some, but you know, I, I, you know, I guess you could call it failing. But like I say, so we decided, okay, time to start. A, a dog training business. And in fact, I had even remembered, and this is how goofy, you know, my, my brain was at the time. I was making 12 bucks an hour, 13 bucks an hour, something like that. 
you know, wife, kid, another kid on the way. And I had remembered my previous boss out in Boston saying, you know, something to the effect of dog training is great. You know, you don't have to have a college degree and people pay you 90 bucks an hour. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Um, you know, and I wasn't making that working for him, of course. But so I started my business and what did I charge? $90 an hour. Um, I thought that that was a good thing. And sure enough, I started getting it. And I found out very quickly that I was way better at selling a service through a website and through various other channels than I was at selling a product online. And so within our first year, I did, you know, we did over a hundred thousand, we brought home over a hundred thousand dollars and I thought that was amazing. And, and it was, you know, I think I was a 25 year old kid or something like that, 26 and making a hundred thousand when the previous year I'd been making $12 an hour. It was awesome. You know, it was really awesome. We started traveling outside of the country, you know, bought a bigger house and anyways, it was it was great to see a bigger level of success. But that's when I started getting shiny object syndrome and started saying, okay, I figured out how to sell this online. I can do a bunch of other stuff. And I started, you know, wanting to spread myself thin. And I learned a big lesson from that, and which is one that I hope that a lot of you guys will learn uh, or have learned or will learn depending on where you are in your business. But I started saying, okay, let's do a protection dog company. I used to do that. I can do that. Okay, let's do a drug dog company. No one's doing that here in Utah. I can do that. Okay, let's add these video lines. Let's do that. You know, and so I started adding this and adding that and adding, you know, trying new things and trying new things isn't bad, but you know, most of them failed, you know, and frankly, to this day, what keeps us in business is, you know, and what keeps the bills paid is selling products online and selling services. Now, we've since in the past few years, we've added service dogs and service dogs have become a huge thing. And that's one of the I want to outline some steps on how I'm able to do that and how I understand at this point when it's time to add, when it's time to subtract, how we can grow this and how we can not grow that, you know, things like that. But I wanted to start out with kind of the foundation of you understanding where I'm coming from, you know, uh, where I built this business that I never wanted, but now that I've got it, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm not as happy as I want to be. I still want to change it. You know, I still want to do some things. And so let me ask you that question and feel free to answer out louder in your head, but are you in a similar position? You know, are you in a position where you wish your business was a little bit different? You wish that you were doing things a little bit different, whatever the case might be. That could be, you know, a little bit different, meaning I want to make more money, a little bit different, meaning I want to be more busy, a little bit different, meaning I want to be less busy, a little bit different, meaning I don't like the services I offer. I need to figure out something else, a little bit different being I don't like the clients I have. I got to figure out how to attract different set of clients. And so if you're in the same position that I have found myself in a hundred times and currently find myself in where I want my business to be different, here's the things that I've found that help me get there. I think I've come to realize that I'm never going to be there, you know, wherever there is. My business is better now than it was two years ago, and it was better then than it was a year previous. And so business keeps improving, but every time it improves, I find, hmm, I think I'd rather do this. And so in the interest of not having shiny object syndrome and chasing every little thing, I've come up with, uh, with a few things here. So let me get into that list here. I've kind of written down, oh, I don't know, seven or eight key points, and, and hopefully these are a good guide for you as well. So number one is be fully committed. You can't do everything you want and have shiny object syndrome. Get amazing at what you're doing and then keep doing it and then add to it. So going back to what I mentioned before, I was really good 
in the first few years of my business at going into somebody's home, you know, having it was we didn't have a facility or anything. In fact, we've only had a facility now for the past year and a half. But I was really, really good at going in and getting off leash obedience, fixing aggression. I was really good at that. But my systems weren't down. You know, I, I, I didn't sell as well as I should and stuff like that. And so I didn't have everything down pat. And yet here I was adding drug dogs because drug dogs are cool. There's nothing wrong with drug dogs. And then I was like, all right, well, let's add protection dogs. Let's let's maybe reach out to some police departments, see if I can sell some police dogs or something like that. And so getting amazing at what you're doing before you add something isn't just the skill of, of doing it, you know, because I was really good, you know, and I still am really good. I'm better now, but I was really good at training dogs. But I wasn't really amazing at the systems of selling training and fulfilling training and things like that. Granted, you know, I was doing over, every year in business, I've done over six figures and and grown in almost every year. But the systems weren't down pat. And so when you add something on top of that, it's crazy. And I see dog trainers and pet sitters and dog walkers and dog groomers do this all the time. They don't have their systems down pat. And again, it's never going to be perfect. But you need to have systems down to where... You know, to a degree, it's hands off. You fully committed to dog walking. Now everything's running really well. Even if you stepped away from it for a month, you know, things aren't going to fall apart. Things are doing really well. Now it's time to add pet sitting. Not like, you know, we're going to be a dog walker and, oh, cool, let's do pet sitting now. Now maybe you start as a dog walker and a pet sitter, but hopefully you understand what I'm saying. And so it's the same, you know, like if you're a groomer and, you know, you're figuring out how to do everything perfectly with the business and answering the phone right and doing payroll right and whatever. And before you have all that figured out, you're like, let's add... $50,000 worth of retail space or something like that. And so you've got to get your systems down and be fully committed. And then is when you can add something. So like I say, I have finally realized that to where, again, our systems aren't perfect. I don't think they ever will be. But we sell our obedience and our aggression and our puppy stuff. You know, we sell that pretty, you know, on the clock. We get X amount of clients every month and, you know, we do pretty well. Then it's time to add the service dog work. And so that's how we've been able to be successful. I haven't looked at my stats recently, but, you know, I think last year service dog work accounted for like six figures of our business. Now, had I tried to do that a few years before where, you know, I didn't have my systems down pat, it would have gone the way of the drug dog and gone the way of the protection dog. I wouldn't have been able to do it. But we tightened up our systems and then we added stuff. And so think of that. You know, there's, uh, oh shoot, who's the guy who said it? He's, uh, and he pronounces it wrong, of course. The word is niche, but he says, pick a niche and grow rich. Don't try to be everything to everybody. Don't try to, you know, don't try to offer every service just because you can, because you know everything about dogs or pets or whatever. You know, get really good at something, dig down deep at the skill of doing that and at the process of delivering that and then add some stuff. Hopefully that makes sense. So I've got a bunch more of these, like I say, six or seven more of these that uh, that hopefully are going to help you, you know, raise your income by, by big amounts this coming year. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to get into the next key points here. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Calling all pet product manufacturers and pet experts. Let the public relations and marketing professionals at Whitegate PR get you featured in the news. I'm Dana Humphrey at Whitegate PR, and we have been specializing in pet product PR for over 10 years and can get your brand featured in the media from TV to radio to print to blogs. You can find out more at www.whitegatepr.com. 
Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Hi, this is Jody Miller Young from Bark and Swagger. Tune in for everything pet fashion and more. From fashion tips and runway trends, products and designs I love, to fabulous home decor for your furry friend, you'll find it all here. Be the first to discover the new. So what are you waiting for? Find me on Pet Life Radio. And remember, when fierce fashion calls, bark and swagger. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, we're back and we're talking about how to figure out how to grow your business in a way that's responsible, that makes sense, that it doesn't have to be chasing after every little thing, and how to have big leaps in your income by understanding how business works. So first one is be fully committed and really get your systems down before you move on. The second thing is only change course, only evolve if you feel that you can offer more value. So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Several years ago, I was, again, you know, I think, you know, I'd made 200 something thousand dollars a year previous. So really big year, but boy, I was, I was really starting to get burned out, you know, uh, cause I was working so, so hard and I was starting to say in my mind, okay, how can I hire a trainer to help me? And I started looking at my systems and I started looking at my, my margins and things like that. You know, what it cost me to do something versus what I got paid to do, etc. And I started to realize that with my margins, there was no way I was going to be able to hire a trainer. I think at the time, my average client was five, six, seven hundred dollars or something like that. And you know, I think I was at $100 an hour, $115 an hour or something. And so one might say, okay, well, yeah, you can definitely hire a trainer at that. But And maybe people have figured out how to do that. But the way I was looking at it, I was saying, okay, a trainer, you know, going into people's homes can't train for eight hours a day. You know, we've got drive time, which means we've got gas, which means we've got vehicle, which means we've got insurance. And so he might be in somebody's home for two or three hours a day. Well, two or three hours a day, a hundred bucks an hour is, you know, two, three hundred dollars an hour. You know, maybe we had some board and trained dogs on top of that, but two or three hundred dollars a day uh, is what I should say, wasn't going to get things done. Even four hundred dollars a day wouldn't allow me to hire a trainer if that was the amount of revenue that the trainer was producing. Because at four hundred dollars a day, when you look at service-based businesses, most of, you know, most of us try to maintain somewhere between 20 and 35 percent employee cost, you know, so, so what that means is if a trainer was able to bring in 300, let's say $400 just to keep it at a round number. So for $400, 20% of that is 80 bucks. There's no trainers that's going to work full time for 80 bucks, you know, or let's say, you know, we do 35%, you know, I don't know what that is off the top of my head, 130, 140, you know, trainers not going to work for that long term. And so I realized, you know, I started having to make more money per client. Now, how do you go about doing that? I started looking at it from, you know, perhaps a reverse position saying, okay, not how do I get them to pay me more, but how can I give them more? And so, like I say, that's my second tip here is only change direction, only evolve, only add, only subtract, only, only, 
only do these things if you can offer your clients more value. If you can improve their life, that's a good direction to be evolving. And as you do, as you improve their life more, you get paid more. And so I started looking at my programs, which at that point had primarily been just in-home sessions and some what we call boot camp or what others call board and train. And so I started realizing, well, where do people get the best results? It tends to be boot camp. Well, what happens after a boot camp or after some private sessions or whatever, and they need a little bit of help? Well, boy, it's not worth $150 an hour, for example, to touch up a little bit. And so we started adding group classes. So I started looking and saying, what would be perfect you know, for a client to have? Well, they should have this many private sessions or they should have this long a boot camp. And then you know what? They should have this online help too. So I added that. And then you know what? They should have these group sessions. So I added that. And so I started adding things. And by the time I added it all up, I said, you know what? This is worth a lot more. And so the average value of our customers went from five, six, seven hundred dollars to about thirteen hundred dollars. And the way that I had structured it, it didn't take double the work to do it. And so what that meant was way better margins. And so, yes, you know, the clients were paying double versus what they were paying before, but they felt like they were getting a whole lot more. So it started selling better. We were getting better margins. And so now, you know, that trainer where I could have billed a trainer out at $125 maybe per hour, the amount of work the trainer was doing in packaged form, you know, something like $250 or $300 an hour. And so it definitely left margin to where we could start hiring. And right now, what do we have? We've got like four trainers working for us or something like that. So, but like I say, I started looking at it backwards, not how can I get these guys to give me more money, but it was how can I serve them better and therefore figure out, you know, how in doing so we're going to get paid more and it's worked. And since then we've changed things before, you know, we started doing service dogs and, you know, they're four or $5,000 for these training packages and it was limited the amount of results we could give. And so I just started saying, okay, we really need more like 10 to 15,000. So let's just charge that and then we'll figure out how they can get it. And so we've had some fundraising opportunity, you know, so we've had a lot of things come up, but I started going from how can we serve them better and serve them better means higher prices, but it also means happier customers and it also means better customers. And that's the case in dog training, dog walking, pet sitting, grooming, veterinary offices, or whatever you want to look at. That's always going to be the case. Next thing I want to talk about is test it. You know, don't throw out your playbook until you know it's going to work. I know that might go in contrary to what I just said, you know, because what I just said was add value and change your programs. And you should add value and change your programs. But if you've got something that's working, you don't know if the new value is something that your clients want. And so don't throw everything out at first. So do small little tests and try to figure out, you know, build an email list and start sending emails out that say, hey, you know, we're going to test this. What do you guys think? That's how we've added every new program. We just came out with a new program. We started it last October. As I'm saying this right now, this is February 17th, 2015. And in October, I realized I want to add a new program. I want to make better money. I wanted to get better results. And so we did this again. You know, we've done it a few times since that first time I mentioned. But how did I do it? I sent out uh, an email and I said, all right, here's our new program, guys. Here's what it consists of. And I laid out boom, 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 boom. And it's going to be a ton of work. And if you don't do it, I'm going to fire you. And it's expensive. You know, and I laid out all these things and all everything they're going to get. And I said, there's only a few spots because I'm testing this out. Who wants it? 
And I had people emailing me from out of the state saying, I will come. In fact, we did. We had one person move from Arizona for two months to do this program in Utah. We call it Transform Your Dog in 60 Days. You can head over to transformyourdogin60days.com and check out what I'm talking about. But in any case, we had people from Indiana, Idaho, Arizona. We had people here locally. We had one woman beg. She kept emailing me and calling me over and over. Please let me in. Please let me in. And it was awesome, you know. And so we had, like I say, we did it. Uh, we were going to open up two spots. We did three. But what did that tell us? That said, this is a good program. This is going to work. And then after we started doing it, the results we were getting were just absolutely out of this world and, and amazing, if I do say so myself. And so, you know, we knew we had a winner. But we tested it. We didn't just say, all right, we're done with our old program. It's time to add a new one we tested and make sure it was going to work first make sure people wanted it we don't want to go make a whole bunch of uh gosh darn it i what was the name of that car you know uh it was the pinto we don't want to go make a whole bunch of pintos if you guys remember the pinto was like you know uh who was it ford or gm or whoever made the pinto rolled out like tens of thousands of them and no one wanted them and anyways we got to do some market research first the next thing that you want to do is you want to make it work for you at every point where i've tried to evolve my business I've tried to make sure that what I'm doing is making the business work for me a little bit better this time. You know, what does this do for my hours? What does this do for the location? What does this do for my income, the enjoyment that I have? Uh, and this is important because your fulfillment in helping your clients is a big part, obviously, of, of what you do. And so you're going to sell things so much better. You're going to serve people so much better if you're making it work for you. So make sure that that's something that you look to do as you evolve. The next thing I want to talk about is passion. You know, passion is important, but it's not the main ingredient. And I know, you know, that goes in contrast a little bit to what I just mentioned. But a lot of folks, you know, get into dog training or dog walking or pet sitting or whatever because they're passionate about animals. And then they realize I'm not passionate about taxes. I'm not passionate about hiring. I'm not passionate about sales or whatever. And so passion is big. It's important, but don't look at it as the key ingredient. So I guess what I'm saying here is find that balance. You know, do something so that it, you know, as you evolve, make sure that it fulfills you more. Make sure that you're fulfilling that part of the checklist that, yes, this makes me more fulfilled. But, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, sometimes evolve and recognize, okay, this is temporary. I don't love this necessarily, but this is a stepping stone for moving on in this direction or whatever the case might be. And so, so in any case, you've got to look at passion the right way. You know, um, you know, not every day is just puppies and, and rainbows and, you know, kittens and all sorts of stuff like that. There's, there's bad parts of the business. And so take that in stride. The next thing I wanted to mention is, and I kind of mentioned this before, but I'm going to hit on it a little bit more, do it from the results and go backwards. And so, like I was mentioning before, what is the minimum amount that, gives results that are consistent with your brand. And so if you are a dog walker and your brand is these dogs are exhausted and they're happy and they're less destructive at home, what is the minimum amount that they need from you in order to get that? Is it two big, long mountain walks a week and then a few other pack walks? Or is it this or is it that? Or is it getting them on the treadmill? I don't know. You know, what is the minimum amount that is consistent with your brand, with what you've established yourself to be? And then don't go below that. When people are like, oh, that's too expensive. You know, I, I can't do that. Don't go below what you've already established as the minimum for your brand. And typically what we like to do is we like to have three programs. You know, our minimum is, you know, in order for us to maintain the results that we say we're going to have, that we promise to people, here's the absolute minimum that we're going to do. That's our lowest program. And we don't go below that. 
unless there was some extenuating circumstance. I can think once or twice, you know, someone's like, we're just passing through town and we saw your website. We want to work with you a little bit, you know, okay, you know, we'll do that because that's fun. Um, but, but in any case, what's the minimum? And then we go, our middle program is always optimum, you know, that what is the optimum amount that somebody should have in order to see the biggest results, whether it's pet sitting, dog walking, whatever. And this applies to pet sitting, you know, is it, uh, you know, an hour of your time and you're going to play these games with the dog and the cat or whatever, but this applies to every business. And so you've got minimum, you've got optimum, and then you've got pie in the sky. Pie in the sky is like, these people are so silly rich that, you know, they don't care. They just want the absolute best, best, best for their dog. I'm going to make a program for that person, you know, so that they're going to, they have that option, you know, to spend that kind of amount. Are you going to sell a ton of that? Probably not. And if you are, you need to change around your programs. You know, if you're selling the most of your biggest, biggest program, that needs to become your optimum program so that you have another pie in the sky one. But again, do it from the results and go backwards. This applies to dog walking. This applies to pet sitting. This applies to groomers. Is the minimum that you're happy with as a groomer, you know, a clean dog with trim nails, or is the minimum clean dog trim nails anal gland? I mean, what's the minimum? And that's that's it. You know, we don't go below that. And so as you evolve, make sure that you're evolving with your brand so that you've determined what your brand does and don't design programs and don't evolve outside of what your brand is or don't evolve below what your brand is. Evolve beyond what your brand is, just not below. And then the last thing I wanted to mention here is course correct as you go. And so as you're moving, don't hesitate to change things. When you see something's not working as much as you thought it was going to work, this is something I hear dog business owners say all the time. They say, ah, it's just not working. It's just not working. I keep trying, keep trying, whatever you know it might be. I'm contacting these vets for referrals or I've got this on my website. Why isn't it working? Well, change the bloody thing. You know, Try something else. You know, If something's not working, let's course correct as we go. And so, you know, if you can do that, if you have the courage to do that, you're going to be in much better shape. So just as a recap here, before I finish up, be fully committed. You know, don't go adding things here or there. If you're going to do something, do it right. My mom always said that. I always got very mad because it was usually in relation to like cleaning something. And I don't like cleaning things. And so be fully committed. Do it only if you feel like you can offer more value test it. Make it work for you and the lifestyle that you're looking to create. Recognize what passion is and where it rates on the importance scale. Go from results and go backwards and course correct as you go. Hopefully over this last half hour, I've been able to give you some tips and some ideas that can really help. I know they've helped me. Like I say, I remember from one year I went from you know 200,000, the next year I did like 310,000. You know, like I say, this past year we added 300 and something thousand, you know, to our revenue. Every time we figure out this formula makes me like clonk myself on the head because I'm like, duh, every time I do something wrong, it's because I'm violating one of these simple rules that I put out for you. But every time we do this formula, we make more money and we're happier. And I say we as a company, you know, and myself and my wife and, you know, our family. Every time I do this right, I'm happier, we're more fulfilled, there's more money. Every time we do it wrong, it fails, you know, and we're idiots. And so I can really look at, at my career in the past 10 years and look at probably 15 or 20 large initiatives that I've worked on. And what it boils down today is about three, you know three or four that like have been successful and that we keep doing. And the rest of them were probably, maybe some of them were crap ideas, but probably a lot of them were good ideas. But I did not follow this this formula here that I've outlined to you today. So hopefully you've taken some notes and, and you look to apply that in your business. So 
Thank you to uh, thank you for listening. I encourage you to go listen to all of our shows here on PetLifeRadio.com under Six Figure Dog Business. I also encourage you to listen to other shows. they got a lot of great programming, tons of really great stuff on there. And so head to PetLifeRadio.com. And uh, I look forward to talking with you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>